very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Welcome to another session of Growing Dentist podcast series. Today I have Dr. Griffin Cole from Austin, Texas, who I have known for several years and somebody I admire a lot. Hello, Dr. Cole. Welcome to our podcast today. Thank you, Naren. It's good to be here. Yeah, so for those who have not heard of you, I know, you know you're very active in you know, a lot of different associations and you've been president of a few that are at least one that I know of. So for those who don't know you, why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, where are you today? Where have you come from? Just give us an intro. Okay, well, thanks. Uh, well, uh, I am a dentist, as you mentioned, in Austin, Texas, and I've been here my entire career. So I just started year 24. And, I, you know, I was just very fortunate from the very beginning because I joined a dentist right out of dental school. Uh, I joined a dentist who had been practicing for about seven, eight years who was already at that time a mercury-free dentist. We, back then, we just called them mercury-free, and it was very rare to meet anybody in 1993 who was doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I just really liked the guy, and we got along quite well. And so I joined him just not knowing really what that entailed. I, you know, I just knew that we would not be placing amalgam filling and we'd be taking them out using a safety protocol, even back then. So really, Naren, from, from day one, I was indoctrinated into the kind of practice that has now grown quite a bit. I'm, you know, I've been doing this longer than anybody else in Central Texas now at this point. And, and I've got a really great practice in that, you know, I work fewer hours than most dentists. Uh, and, and I have a lot of, you know, all my patients come because they care about their, their, their oral health care. They're not there to fix emergencies per se. They come because they want to get better health care, and, and, and they pay for it. You know, I don't file any insurance in my practice, so I can truly have a, a doctor-patient type of relationship where I can spend a lot of time with them. Uh, I like to see, you know, a lot – I like to see fewer people and do a lot more significant work on those fewer people. So it just makes for a really nice day, nice week, nice career. So I'm very blessed in that regard. Yeah, absolutely, Doctor. I have seen you grow and I've seen you, you know, in leadership positions. Uh, and you mentioned a few things I want to kind of, um, you know, build on and talk to you more about. First, you mentioned, you know, mercury-free, and we have listeners, obviously not all of them are mercury-free. Uh, so there's a large group of dentists who, who are not you know, mercury safe or, you know, or not dealing with removing amalgams and so forth. So I want to jump into that and I want you to kind of introduce that, you know, to those dentists who might be curious or interested. And uh, so we'll get into that. The second thing I want to kind of zoom into is, um, uh, you know, you mentioned something very interesting, right? You have a practice where people pay out of pocket and they choose to be there. These are the people who value health. So, you know, just like the same people go to Costco and pay, not Costco, I'm sorry, uh, Whole Foods and pay three times as much for an apple because it's organic and healthy for them, there are people out there who will pay for health care, right? It's not, I mean, it's not, you know, surprise, surprise. There are people who will pay for health care and who will pay premium for health care and appreciate the health care and, you know, appreciate the doctor. So, um so that I want to kind of understand, you know, how you went through that journey of building that practice. So that's, you know, like on a business side, on a on a on a personal side, because you know you took a path that's not very well traveled, right? Not too many people have this luxury of treating people they love and doing quality work and getting paid well for it, right? 
Um, so yeah, let's start by introducing okay. you know the concept of you know this dentist you joined early on who was you know mercury free. Just you know introduce to the the doctors who are curious or interested. What does it mean? How does it work? What are you offering that maybe the traditional dentists are not offering? Just, you know, help us out. Okay, well, um, you asked two really great questions. Uh, so to your first one, mercury-free, you know, was a, was a term that, that some of us dentists put on ourselves for those of us who chose at that point to not place amalgam fillings because of the fact they contain about 50% mercury. And those of us who looked into this, you know, uh, listen, they've been talking about this for, you know, almost 200 years now. This, there's a long history on this. Uh, it's not new to dentistry, but there are still plenty of dentists out there, in fact, half the country, who still say that mercury fillings are perfectly safe. And the science just doesn't back that up. The science shows quite the opposite, as you know. Um, so those of us who, who were more open-minded early on said, you know what, I, I choose not to do this to my patients. It's a It's my choice. Uh, and and so that's so I joined a guy who was already doing that. Well, as you know, Naren, as time has gone on, we've now, you know, made that process even more detailed to where it's now mercury safe, not just mercury free, but mercury safe. So you gotta equip yourself with special equipment. You gotta know how to remove these things without exposing the patient or yourself or staff. Uh it's you know, it's it's quite a it's quite a different take on mainstream dentistry because you know there are plenty of dentists out there who place amalgam fillings every day. You know, they do root canals and all kinds of teeth. They place implants. They do just the whole gamut. And then there are those of us who look at every every one of those facets and say, huh, is that something that I want to do, first of all, and is it something that I feel is a safe treatment and one that I'll feel good about 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road? So being a biologic dentist, which is another title that we sort of gave ourselves in this in this part of dentistry, um, you know, we look at the whole body, or at least I do. I mean, when I meet a patient, we sit down, we talk about their entire health history. I'll ask them what they eat for breakfast. Um, I want to know about their parents, uh, you know, what their health was like, their oral health, all that. Uh, I like to find out, you know, are they snacking? What kind of sugar intake do they have? I mean, there's so many things that you can talk about that all tie back to what you're going to end up doing in the mouth. And so it's truly a whole body approach. The term biologic just means that we're concerned about materials as well. We want to know how it's going to affect the human body. So, so you know, uh, you know, my growth has, has really changed dramatically over the years because that man that I joined, as I mentioned to you back in 93, he passed away uh, in, in 2000. So I was with him for about seven years and got to really learn a lot from him as far as, you know, how to practice in this manner. But after that, the last you know sixteen now seventeen years have been me and my and and my staff, and we've grown quite a bit over the years with how we treat patients, how we want to practice, what makes our day fun and and very productive um so it it's it's really uh, and and this really kind of dovetails nicely to your second question about how I've got this practice where I've got patients who will come and pay for their health care, and I really think it has more to do with the person himself in any business than it does in dentistry. I mean, I you know, I I have the kind of approach where I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to really listen to what your needs are and then I'm going to address those. I'm not going to put out my, this is what I want to do, this is the way I practice. It's important that my patients know m- my boundaries. There are certain things I don't want to do, but 
but if you sit down and listen to someone long enough, they're going to tell you exactly what's going on, and they're probably going to even tell you the treatment. It's really amazing how much you 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 accomplish when you just be quiet and listen. And so, you know, the whole foundation of my practice is the comprehensive exam. Sit down, I listen. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what your concerns and needs are, and let me tell you how I can help you. And then we do it together. It's a co-discovery. And so the patient and I work side by side. I show them everything. I mean, it really isn't rocket science. You can show them an x-ray. You can teach them how to read it very quickly. Show them a photograph. You can show them, you know, possibly some bacteria under a microscope. You can show them all kinds of things where they take ownership of that. And that's really why my practice is, is the way it is and why it's grown so significantly over the last, say, 10 years. I have two follow-up questions. The first one is, you know, you talked about this dentist uh, who was kind enough to take you on his wings and show you the ways. Obviously, you know, he passed away and you've grown a lot further and I've known you for several years now. Uh, I know one of the associations you're part of is IOMT, and that's kind of how I met you because you were the president there, right? Can you tell me about this movement? You know, these people who care about, you know, what they use, uh, you know, not just the mercury-free, mercury-safe piece, but also, you know, the biological piece, you know, because they, they, they this is important to them because, you know, they take the health of their patients and their team very seriously. So tell me about this group and tell me about, Anything else out there? Like, you know, if I'm interested, let's say I'm an average dentist and I don't have the lucky mentor you had, right? What can I do and, you know, what are my options? And, you know, just help me understand, please. That That's a great question. So you mentioned the IAOMT, the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. I'm very proud to be a member of them. I've been a member for 17 years now. Um, and I was president, as you mentioned, uh, just a couple of years ago. So I was very proud of that as well. You know, it's a great group. It started off with 13 dentists back in 1984, so we're talking a long time ago. And this is, you know, nine years before I actually graduated from dental school. So this was before my time, and and these 13 forward-thinking pioneers got together and said, man, there's something to this. They they did not like the idea of placing mercury fillings, and they didn't like the idea of fluoride, you know, being touted as the panacea in dentistry, because it it really isn't. It's quite the opposite. But... So these guys got together and said, what can we do? We're, we're small, but let's at least meet once a year uh, and, and let's discuss these issues and maybe start to, to hire some scientists and maybe do some actual research for us. So they grew and grew and grew, and now I think we're, I think we're like 900 members worldwide, if I'm not mistaken, and growing. I mean, it's grown dramatically since uh, the last five years. So uh, we're, we're on, uh, I think, three continents now, with most of us here in North America. But... Uh, members all over the place and our and our, our meetings, you know, used to be maybe a hundred people and now we're closer to four and five hundred people now. Uh so it's growing quite a bit. And you know, it's all about mostly dentists, but there's other doctors as well, but just practitioners who are thoughtful in how they work with people. They're thoughtful in their in their diagnoses and in their treatment plans and they care about human beings. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, because if you go to these meetings, and I know you've been at many now over the past six, seven years, um, you know, it's everybody there is is smart. They already know quite a bit, but they're hungry for more. They they, they, they just want to learn, and, and that's what I feel. I mean, like, I go every year, you know, twice a year to every meeting, uh, and I and I still learn stuff at every single meeting that I, that I thought I already knew. 
So it's a really great organization. And to to, to answer uh, part two of that question, if I'm looking for a, a dentist like this, you know, the, the the best place to go is obviously that organization, IAOMT.org. And they have a, a – you can list – you can choose a dentist by state. They'll show you by city where they are, and they'll show you how high up they are. Like, for instance, are they accredited? Have they gone through a process where they can show – two cases where they've done the proper safety protocol. Are they a fellow? That's even further. Are they a master? That's the highest level. That's the level on that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, that that's a great resource. Otherwise, you can just go Google biologic dentist, and it'll, it'll probably take you to several links uh, that show uh, groups of dentists. So we're, we're quite numerous now. We used to be few and far between, and I would say, oh, gosh, like I mentioned, we're almost 900 members in the IOMT, so... Um, there's lots of options. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I've been to several of your meetings, and I I I, I find this group um, different in a bunch of ways. One is, um, you know, these people are engaged. You know, in other words, they're not there just as one other way to make money. They are there because they believe in this, right? So that's a huge difference I see. The second difference I see is uh, it's education focused, meaning there's you know. Accreditation, there's levels, there's you know great speakers, and really that focus on learning and growing, you know, is is, is a big thing. I see. The third thing I see is almost like, you know, it's almost like purpose, right? In the sense, a lot of these dentists share a common purpose, which is we don't want to just do, you know, uh, the basics. We want to go above and beyond. We want our patients to have a better life, better health, uh, not just our patients, even our team members, right? So I found that to be very different and unique uh, than anything I've ever seen before. And maybe that's one of the reasons the group is growing, you know, as much as it has when lots of lots of other organizations are shrinking. It's true. It's true. You know, I, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. We, we have so many new members that show up to each meeting now. And, you know, a lot of them are brand-new graduates, which, which I love. That's how it was for me. I got right out from the start doing things the right way. So if we can get new graduates, it's ideal. But we get a lot of older dentists, too, that have been practicing for 10, 20, 30 years, and they're just tired of their life, you know, just their practice, the way it's going, and, and they're sick. A lot of them that come into our academy, in fact, I would say the, the majority of the members who joined our academy over the past 20 years are dentists who are practicing in a traditional office, doing mercury fillings, whatever, and, and got really sick and finally got they finally got a, a, a proper diagnosis of being, you know, heavy metal poisoned. And so they sought help. And in the process of that, they thought, I can't do this anymore. And they find us. And so it's, uh, it, you know, their, their lives. I mean, you've met quite a few people in there, but if, if you were to meet all of the members, every story is so unique, yet they are all kind of similar too, in that they all went through some, some trial, some tribulation where they were either sick or they just hated practicing the way they were, and uh, and this is just a whole different life. You know, it's kind of interesting because I do talk to people who are not biological dentists, who are not members of IOMT. Right? We have 140 dentists, and maybe 40 of them are IOMT members. Okay. And the other thing I noticed, and this is my second follow-up question, is, uh, you know, the IOMT members are very uh, alive. You know, they love what they do. They 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 do the work they want to do. They 
work with patients who appreciate them, right? They appreciate paying for help as opposed to, well, my insurance only covers so much and, you know, I don't really care. Can, you, can I not pay the copay? You know, that's the conversation, right? So right. it's almost like, you know, the person doesn't want to be there. They're just there because, you know, they need to use up the insurance. Um, you know, so so I, I find this totally different. The second thing I notice is, again, I hate to you know talk about money, but unfortunately, unfortunately, it's something that we all have to think about. Like for the amount of effort people put in, my IOMT clients end up making a lot more than my non-IOMT clients. Yes. Uh, so I just want to kind of you know a lot of people might almost not believe the idea that people will pay for dentistry and pay a premium for dentistry. So you know you have been doing this for what 24 years, you said. So yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so t- t- tell me more about, and one of the things you said really, really intrigued me, and you pretty much said, it's almost like if I were to summarize it in two words, it's like, I don't do me dentistry, I do you dentistry. It's not about me, it's about you. Right, right. right. And but, you talked about you know letting them speak and keeping your mouth shut and you know listening to them and asking them questions. You talked about you know, developing uh, things together. So it's not like you telling them this is the way it is. You are rather kind of almost like they have the answers. You're just guiding and helping them get what they want in life and health, right? And I bet a lot of these patients are doing research. So they're not just dummy people off the street who you have to convince and spend three hours explaining things. They, they are already well-educated and very smart, right? So, yeah, I mean, just tell me the whole thing, you know, like let's say if I'm a dentist who who hasn't, experience what you have experienced i'm on the other side and i i'm doing this you know you know this you know what they call tooth mechanic dentistry and it's all about right. price and convenience cheap fast are you open till 9 p.m tonight that kind of a question uh, like right. how, just tell me help me paint the other side of the world and you know how does it work well you, you know you're you you're picking up on this really well. I mean, you're very astute in this process already because you work with a lot of us. But, um, you know, you mentioned, um, how, yeah, how, how does it work that my patients come into my office, they pay in full for the dentistry, rarely questions asked. I mean, we don't file assignment at all. There's no – that term copay has never been mentioned in my office. And I'll tell you what it is. People pay for what they want, okay? Now, you know, if you're a – like. I remember being in college, and, and and I didn't have a penny, okay? I was on financial aid. I was borrowing everything. But if there was a ski trip that was coming up in March, you can bet you that I was there trying to find the money to go because I wanted to go on that ski trip so I could find that money. Well, think about this. When all we really have is our health, I mean, when it all boils down in the end, right, that's the one thing that we're going to start to cherish, especially as we age. And so, and right. you know, probably the median age in my practice is probably around 50, maybe maybe 55. So these are people that have lived their lives. They, they probably worked hard. They, you know, things were easy. They could lose weight early on, and now things are different, okay? So now health becomes very important. Well, if you can make somebody better, they, that is worth everything to them. They will pay for that. And those are the people that I'm getting. I'm not getting the guys that go, oh, I got a toothache, doc. Just fix the toothache. I don't get those, you know? And, right. And, and I'm I'm here for them. If they're here, I'll see them. But I'm more. But but you're right. There are tooth mechanic dentists, and there are truly comprehensive care dentists, and that's what I am. And I love it because it, it like I enjoy going to work. I I'm very good at what I do, and it shows. 
And, and so my patients, likewise, they feel like, wow, that's a tremendous value. This guy's really taking care of me. I know he's going to the nth degree for me. You know, what can I pay for that? And that's what it comes down to. And, you know, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's really any business. I mean, look, when I first hired you and you said, well, here's what it costs, it was three, almost four times what I was paying for my last website service. But y'all, is, is, it blows it away what I had. It's not, even a, it's not even a contest how much better your service is and what I get out of that. So, right. once again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to pay what you charge each month. And, and, and I think that's where dentists in my group, in my arena, we don't think so. We don't penny pinch when it comes to certain things because we know that's not the way we want our patients to be either for the treatment that we're providing. So, yes, I think, you know, I think biologic dentists as a whole are doing a lot better financially and, more importantly, emotionally. They're, they're, they're working less hours. They're happy. They're doing good things for people. And you can sleep well at night with that. So I think it's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head, and I, I kind of, you know, uh, appreciate a lot of what you're saying. You know, like, for example, I think beyond a certain point, mind doesn't, money doesn't, you know, make you happy, right? A bigger car or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the first few days you're happy, but at the end of the day, as you age as a person, you know, it doesn't matter what profession you are in, you want to be able to look at the mirror and say, I am proud of the person I am today. I'm proud of right. what I'm doing right. today, right? Because, you know, we're all going to die one day and we're going to take any of this stuff with us. So if you're not proud of who we are and what we stand for, then what's the point of living in the first place? Um, right. And I see a lot of people in, you know, in your group and all your colleagues who have that mindset. And, and I guess, you know, you're kind of... Um, touching on interesting things, you know, paradigms, right? There are people who say the world sucks and I have to be a tooth mechanic and I have to stay up till 7 p.m. and treat everybody who comes in because otherwise I go right. bankrupt. Right. And then there are others say, no, 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 I have a choice. I'm going to go and work on people who care about health and the, the ones who have over time, like, you know, once they start losing health, realize the power of health and are willing to pay for health and appreciate health and take the time for health, right? I mean, especially, like you said, when you're 22, maybe, no, not all 22 years, but a lot of 22-year-olds are in perfect condition, so they probably don't, you know, worry about these things right. so much. But as right. all, of us, all of us old, we realize the only thing that we cannot buy with money is health. You know, That's in right. the sense, if you don't take care of it, we are, you know, there's no way to get it back, so. That's right, that's right. And, you know, the one point that I would add on to what you just said, because it's a very important point, is that, you know, when I first started, even though I joined this great dentist who was uh, very kind to bring me in as, as his associate and say, okay, you know, uh, come under my wing, I'll never forget on day one, I go, so so, how do I get patients? And he goes, go find them. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because all of my colleagues who graduated and joined practices, you know, Naren, they just signed up on insurance plans. So they had instant patients, right? I mean, if you... If, if you join plans, your phone's ringing, but you got all these co-pays, you got insurance questions, you go, Doc, I don't want to do that. Whereas my dentist said, look, go write articles, go give talks, go to Whole Foods and speak to people, do whatever you got to do. And I, and I got to tell you, for two years, it was tough, man. I mean, I, I was doing, you know, cleanings, and that's what a hygienist really does. I was doing sealants. I was doing whatever I could to pay my bills, but I knew that if I kept with it, if I persevered, in the end, and in a much quicker time, 
I was going to be so much happier. And it's true because a lot of my colleagues who graduated with me, they were busy instantly, and they're like, man, I am doing great. I'm working, working, working. And I was like starving going, man, I'm just slowly building this thing. Well, by year five, their backs all hurt. They were miserable. And my practice was now growing into this beautiful thing that I envisioned. So, you know, things don't it's, – it's, 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 it's not a microwave-type thing. I would, I would tell any dentist who's mainstream that wants to do this, just plan to give yourself a couple years to really transition properly. It's not going to happen overnight, but it'll be the greatest gift that you give yourself. Right. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? So it's almost like for you, success is a byproduct of you, you know, realizing your purpose, which is, you know, making people healthy and living it. And at the beginning, I mean, you're talking 19, you know, when did you start? 19, uh, 1993. 1993, uh, pre-internet, right? Netscape was not even out yet. So right. there was no way for That's people right. to get information. You know, everything was, you know, you, we had yellow page books, right, in those days. So obviously things are very different. So you have to educate people and you have to go out there and, you know, work with people and all of that stuff. So, but, but what you just told me that kind of struck me is that, you know, what your, your mentor told you, you know, go find them, you know, like in sense, yes. In other words, be the hero to people who give a damn, you know, who who care about, who care about what you care about, which is health. You know, what's right. the point of being a hero to people who don't, who care about, oh, do you take my copay or not? Oh, are you the cheapest or not? You know, like you just don't right. want to be a hero to those guys. That's right. And yes, in the beginning, in those days, there weren't too many people who cared about health and or even if they did, they didn't know how to find you. So you have to go and give talks and all of that stuff. I mean, now obviously right. the internet and lots of other tools are there. Um, so it's interesting. So you took a totally, totally different path. You you took an unconventional path. The conventional path is I go to school, I do what I'm told to do, and I would do what everybody else does. Yes. And I just, uh, you know, I'm trading my skills for dollars. You said, no, yes, I learned all the basics, I know all the basics, but I'm going to go after make, and make people healthy, and I'm going to become a student of this, I'm going to find people who want to be healthy, and I'm going to take care of them. Yes. Um, and uh, it took you to where you are today. And, uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, um, you know, like I see a lot of uh, doctors and, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, um, they're not happy, you know. They're not, yeah. you know, uh, excited about getting up in the morning and going and, you know. And many yeah. of them are unfortunately underwater, you know, in the sense, you know, yes. they're working to pay other people, right, the banker or whoever else, and they have all these bills to pay and all that stuff. I mean, here you have... You know, you're doing stuff you love and people appreciate you because they they appreciate what you do and, you know, how much you stand for. And, and you're not even selling to them. They are buying from you. They are telling you, here is right. what I need, and you're giving it to them. That's all you're doing. Right. So it's almost like, you know, you don't feel bad about yourself because you scam somebody to buy something they don't need, right? You feel good about yourself because you help somebody get what they want. I don't know, just help us understand in the day in the life of you, a day, you know, a week in the life of you, like, you know, just... You know, because sometimes it's very hard to see something, you know, without being there. You know, uh, it's really going to sound um, uh, probably not uh, practical, but, but this is really how my week is. So I work Monday through Thursday, and I just work 8 to 2, just straight through. So I work 24 hours a week, and that's it. And And so that already is about half of what most dentists work, or at least, you know, 
certainly two-thirds. Um, and so I've got my whole afternoon open. So, like, before I got on this phone with you, you know, I ran some errands. I went and I worked out at the gym. Uh, and now I can do this with you. And then I still get to go home and have dinner with my kids and my wife. And I got a whole evening. So, to me, I don't look at each day like, oh, God, here we go. You know, 8 to 5 or whatever it is. I'm going to bust my back. I'm going to miss lunch. I don't – that's not how my days are. And, and, and I see fewer patients. So if the average dentist sees, you know, and this is true, probably between 20 and 25 patients a day, you know, I, I see between two to six. So if, I, if, if it's two patients, it's because I'm doing a lot of work on two patients. If it's six, I'm doing a lot of work on, you know, a, a few of those and then less on the other ones. But that's a nice day. And then I'll pop over and I'll look at a couple of hygiene patients, and that's always a nice little small diversion from the work I'm doing. But I don't jump from chair to chair. And please understand that in dentistry, that's still the way most dentists can pay their bills, as you mentioned. They've got to, they've got to keep moving. So they numb, they numb Johnny up in room A, and they start to work on Sheila in room B, and they pop over to room C and see Jenny, and then go back to A. And that's just the way you've got to do it, keep things moving. I work on one patient at a time. And so that allows me to be focused, to feel good about what I'm doing, and for us to take breaks and have conversation too. So the patient doesn't feel like, oh, I'm in a mill. They feel like, wow, this guy's really taking care of me. And, and so that's, that's how my days go. Um, and I travel a lot. You know, I, I take about six weeks off a year, which is quite a bit. And so, um, you know, I, I, get to spend on, uh, I get to watch my kids grow up. And that's, as you mentioned, Earlier, that's really what it's about. Do I look in the mirror and feel good about who I am and what I'm doing? And I do. Um, and so, and, and, and that's part of why I, you know, I got into some leadership positions and why I like to present at these meetings because I like to share. I mean, I, honestly, if I could do that um, and still produce what I do as a dentist, I, I would probably do that most of the time. I like sharing. I like teaching. But um, but that that's not practical right now. So, um, so that's what my days are like. And then I've got the weekends and, you know, if a patient has an emergency, they call me directly on my cell phone and I'm there for them. Uh, I do all my treatment plans myself. This is where I'm kind of old school, but I like it. So most dentists, if you go to a dentist, even, even biologic ones, they'll examine you and then they'll go up front and some lady up there will print out the, the actual treatment plan and there's the prices and would you like to go ahead? Whereas in my practice, you come and meet me the first time it's a no-charge half-hour meeting. I come in, let's sit down, let's talk a little bit, tell me what you're looking for. I'll tell you a bit about me. You can look at the office if you want, look at our infection control procedures, whatever you want to do in that half hour. Then if you say, this sounds great, let's move on, then I schedule you for the comprehensive exam. And that's about an hour and 15 minutes. And that's where we look at everything, your teeth, your gums, mercury vapor tests. We'll talk about your diet, all that stuff, photographs, x-rays. Uh, and then I bring you back another time and because what happens between that visit and the third one is I'm actually studying your plan. I take a, a couple plans home every night. I look at them. I look at the x-rays. I start to think about what's the treatment plan. I type it up myself. I put the fees down. Then when you come back for that review visit, I sit down with you in private, and I go over the treatment, tooth by tooth, and what it costs. I don't have, I don't have a financial person because that's just an extra step you don't need. I'm setting the actual treatment. I'm setting the fees. Here's what it costs. And most of the time they go, that sounds great. How much can we do? Let's get scheduled. And, you know, it's funny. I've had some dentists over the years in the past five, six years come to shadow me for a couple of days because I enjoy that too. And they fly from wherever, 
my last one, I think, came from somewhere in North Texas. And they spend a couple of days, and they always do the same thing at the end of two days. They go, wait a second, I don't, I don't get this. You mean that wasn't set up? I go, what do you mean? They go, well, that patient just sat down with you, and you showed her the plan, and she said, great, let's get started. And I go, yeah, I don't understand your question. They go, that doesn't happen. I go, what do you mean? They go, well, they'll always say, well, I can't do that. What does insurance pay? I mean, all these things. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I don't, yeah, I don't even know that that world anymore. I, I don't I don't want to talk about that. I want to be able to, to have my relationship with the patient and not invite a third party in to dictate how it's gonna go. So did that did that cover everything pretty good or Yeah, it did. And I do have it's something I kind of was thinking about, you know, when you're speaking, you know, most of us do all the eighty percent of the stuff that's not important and then we forget the twenty percent, right? Right. Here you are you see two to six patients, you know, you take your time, you listen to them, you, you know, you love what you do, you enjoy your life, you have, you know, the time for your family and for your, you know, emotional and spiritual development where you're thinking and helping and teaching and other stuff. And then, on the other hand, you're dealing with insurance and you're dealing with all the paperwork and all the other stuff that keeps us busy and you know, like you said, you have to set it up to sell them and all of that nonsense, right? I mean, uh, right. it's kind of interesting. So I, I guess it's almost like by doing the things that matter and not doing all the other stuff, yeah. you're working less and you're being more successful and you love your life. It's just I an do. interesting, you know, it's just a... Like it's counterintuitive. This is not not what majority of the people do. So it's very it's, it's for me interesting to kind of listen to you explain the way you think about it. I just wanted to kind of um, you know how did this happen? Was it just accident? You just woke no. up one day and did it? Oh, like I, like help us you understand your journey. No. Right? I mean, how did you? I'll tell you. How I, did you I, kind I, of? I had great mentors. I really think that every person needs to get some kind of mentors. And what I mean by that is, like, when I first started practicing, obviously I had my main mentor, which was my dentist who hired me, and he was a great man. And and there were so many attributes about him that I really, really loved, and I tried to to emulate them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking bits of other people that you really, really uh, admire and and incorporating that into your own personality. And, And so I would look at things that I liked about him and I would morph that into me a little bit. And then I had other mentors. I had Michael Schuster from Arizona, who's a brilliant dentist who, who teaches dentists how to, you know, get control of their practice. And I had some other guys here locally. Um, I just had some really great mentors. So what I learned from them is, like, they would share with me their mistakes along the way so that I didn't have to make them. And that is such a great, uh, you know, uh, feat to do because – you know, most of us say, well, I learned from my mistakes. And that's true. We all make mistakes. But how great would it be if somebody in your business said, let me tell you the pitfalls that you want to avoid right now. And you got to hear them up front before you started. It's a, it's a huge advantage. And I had that. So I credit everybody in my life, including my wife who stood by me through all the lean years. Everybody that's been around me is, is all part of Griffin Cole. It's not, I mean, I, I truly don't ever sit there and say, I did this on my own because it's far from it. I've had such a great supporting cast. And so I surround myself with, with great people, and I take all the good, and I listen to the bad, 
and 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 you know you, you'll make mistakes still along the way, but if you're if you have your vision laid out, and I always did, I knew how I wanted to be as a doctor. I didn't know if it was necessarily you know really going to be a dentist, but I knew as early as tenth grade it was. So I was already ahead of the uh, of the curve there for people knowing what they want to do in life. I knew in tenth grade I was going to go into dentistry, and so. For me, I already had this sort of vision laid out. And so once you get in there to see things, even if it's very slowly, you start to accomplish bits of what you envision. It's exciting. And it fuels you to keep going. And so that's that's how really it's worked for me. And I'm very blessed. I don't take anything for granted. Yeah, I mean, it's so inspiring. Uh, let me kind of switch gears a little bit. So, you know, I talk to dentists quite a bit, um, and I really love... Um, you know, seeing them grow. And typically I notice um, every human being, including dentists, um, they grow in four areas. One is purpose, one is money, one is time, and one is relationships. So, um, you know, obviously most people coming out, and especially the traditional dentists, you know, it's all about I'll take anything and I'll do anything, right? Because I have to keep the lights on. And a lot right. of times they end up taking huge loans and, you know, now I'm working with yeah. a banker and, you know, wonderful stuff, right? Uh, so I, I just wanted to hear your journey on, you know, uh, time, money, purpose, and relationships. Where were you on day one and how did it change? Uh, obviously talk about your family and, you know, talk about your growth in IOMT and, you know, uh, and, and the patient. I bet even your patients helped you grow, right? You know, not just, yeah. you know, other dentists. So, yeah, I would love to hear your journey on how things changed for you in these four areas. Well, you're absolutely right. That day one, you get out and you're like, man, I've got I've got loans. Uh, I've, I've got to pay bills immediately. You know, the thing that I was very, you know, I grew up, well, I would say I grew up in a single, uh, a, a single parent family. There was four of us, and my mom alone raised us by herself with very little money. So I never... I, you know, it's not that I wanted for anything as far as food, clothing, or shelter, but I never had anything extra. And I knew that I wanted to be able to provide for myself and my family no matter what profession I chose. And I wanted to go into healthcare, so I thought that's a way I can make some good money and I can do something that I want to do anyway um, and, and live a life that's better than what I had as a, as, as a child. So that was already a driving force for me. So here's here's what I mean by that is that when I went to dental school, all of my colleagues that borrowed money, and almost everybody does, very few are fortunate enough to have money to pay for all dental school. So let's just say 90% of us borrowed money. Of the 90% that borrowed money, the, 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 the minimal money that people owed was about 100 grand. Now, mind you, that was in 93. I've heard the number is now right. closer to a, it's close to a million now. But let's just say 93, $100,000 was the minimum. Some guys had two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 that they owed before they even held their first handpiece, you know what I mean? Well, I only right. had sixty. I only had sixty-two thousand, so I was already almost half of everybody else because I was I was smart. I worked in the summers. I didn't buy a lot of extra things. I kind of lived like I should live as a dental student. So that was the first thing. So I was already managing my time well and my money well. So so once I graduated, yes, I had the pressure. I got to make money, but it wasn't as bad as my colleagues. So I wasn't quite as in such a predicament. And my wife and I got married, you know, right out of dental school, and we lived modestly. You know what I mean? We lived how we should live. And so, I, you know, I, 
I hate this term, but I really did have this for quite a while. I had a scarcity mentality. I really did. I felt that I needed to do everything, just like you said, or I wouldn't have that patient. I wouldn't have money. I needed to do everything. I had that mentality. And it took me a while, about four or five years, and I finally got through it, and now I'm so far from that. But early on, I think we all do because we're, we're hungry and we got to get work. And so over time, I got to manage that part financially very well. And, 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 I, and I'm now at a point in my life where I'm very blessed, as I mentioned. I'm in the, you know, the top, whatever it is, 1% of all dentists as far as income. So, that's, so that part's really great. My time management, as I mentioned to you, I'm working 24 hours a week. So I value time very, very highly. I, I, I didn't want to be that dentist that worked five days a week or six days a week or evenings, as you said. And mind you, early on, I did. I worked Monday through Friday. I think I worked some Saturday mornings for a while. I worked at the city clinic a couple of days. I did whatever I had to do to make ends meet. And I think that's part of growth. And I'm glad I did. I wouldn't change a single minute of it. But now I own my time. I own the way I practice. I'm in control of how many hours I'm going to work and who I'm going to see. And I really love that. So I've got that down. As far as the relationships, I mean, that's always growing. We're, we're always getting better at that. Uh, certainly with my personal relationships, are I, I cherish. Uh, and my patient relationships, you know, um, my wife is a pharmacist. And I remember one night about a year ago, every night I call the patients that I injected with a needle, uh, you know, for some dentistry. Because I feel like I just want to check on them. It's a quick call. Half the time it's their voicemail. Just leave a quick message. But I call patients at night. And I might say, hey, Mary, uh, it's Dr. Cole. I was just going to check on you. How are you feeling? And they'll usually say, oh, my God, uh, wow, uh, I'm great. I go, I'm, uh, you know, is all the numbing gone? How does the bite feel? Just basic stuff. And then I'll usually sit there for a while, and my wife sees me listening. I'm listening. I go, oh, my God, that's so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I hang up, and she goes, how does that feel? And I go, how does what feel? She goes, how does it feel to have somebody tell you how great of a job you did for them every day. And, and it, was so, it, was, it was such a profound question because I never realized she's right. You know, she goes to work every day and no one says, oh, the way you filled that prescription was so wonderful. My gosh, thank you, the best. She doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I get right. that feedback almost nightly. And it's nice because, again, I feel like I'm doing something good for somebody. It feels good. And then they let you know how good it made them feel. How do you beat that? And get paid for it. Right. So, again, very blessed. All right. Um, You know, talking about patients and the relationship they have with you, right, they appreciate you. And and I I guess, so what he's saying is the conventional wisdom, this is the way the world is, and you have to join the red race and, you know, do stuff you hate and, you know, work for the banker is not really true, at least not in your case, right? You you figure out a different path where you do what you love and, you know, you love the work and people appreciate you for it. Um, right. Now, talk about the team, for example. Now, you know, obviously I'm sure you've grown a lot in terms of how you deal with people and, you know, our team loves working with you. And it's because, like you said, you appreciate, you know, outcomes. You appreciate, you know, um, what people stand for and what they what they deliver, right? You don't necessarily worry about, you know, the cost. You really right. appreciate the, you know, the benefit of the results, right? Uh, yeah. So talk to me about how did you grow up, you know, as a leader, you know, uh, for your team, and how did they grow up, and how did your relationships evolve over time? 
That's a great question. That's a loaded question. I, I don't know if I can answer that. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I've always been the guy, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm only five foot eight. So I grew up, uh, being one of the shorter guys and, uh, you know, us short guys like to try to, we have a chip on our shoulder. So we like to try to, to show how powerful we are. And so I, I, I think I've always liked trying to be the leader of whatever it was, a basketball team, you know, a group in school, whatever. I, I, I always sort of was drawn to that position. I'm not a follower by any means. Um, so that I think I've, 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 I've had ingrained since childhood. But um, in my practice, uh, and you've talked to a couple of my staff members, they're wonderful. I mean, I, you know, I, I have such a great supporting cast that, Whenever a, a patient compliments my office, they'll always mention more than just me, because it's all you know. I always tell every dentist, man, your first contact better be good. That first phone call, the person who answers the phone, they better sound like they're happy and they're smiling, because that's the first contact. And if that's not good, it's pretty much downhill from there. So, you know, a lot of these dentists could clean things up tomorrow just by surrounding themselves with the right people. And you know what? You got to look for them. You got to do personality tests. You got to spend time with them. You got to give them a trial run. I mean, you, you know, you can't. I don't like to hire. I'm so blessed to have. You know, I've had most of my staff with me for at least a decade or more. My, I have one hygienist that's that's been with me for you know, nine, uh, for 19 years. So when you have that kind of, you know, staff that sticks around, that kind of continuity, that that the patients see, that's comforting. You know, I mean, I've had patients before that I've referred to a specialist office. And after a while, they come back and they go, I don't want to go there anymore. And I'm like, why not? What's, what's wrong? And they're like, that, that staff changes every week. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's, that's powerful that a patient would leave a practice. Even though the doctor's still there, same doctor, he didn't like the supporting cast changing so much. And that was enough for them to say, I don't want to go there. So your team is everything. And, and you, you know, with your company, uh, if I can give a little quick plug here, um, you know, it's such uh, – from every email that I get, whether it's Karen or Ramallah or you, whoever, everybody sounds kind. They sound concerned, caring, and thoughtful. And so when somebody sends me, and by the way, you know, I'm famous for, you know, I take my time on those on those monthly articles. I don't, you know, that's the one thing I don't give myself time to do. I just don't want to do it. And, and, and they'll send me reminders, and by the third or fourth, they're still kind. They're still like, just a friendly reminder, Doc. You know, we got these articles from three months ago, that kind of thing. I appreciate that because they're showing me respect for the fact that yes, I'm uh, in their mind. I'm I'm you know procrastinating on something, but they realize what my schedule is like, and they know this this right now is not something that is is high priority for him. We'll just gently nudge him to get him to do things. And beyond that, the service that I get, as I mentioned to you, I mean, when you have a patient come to your practice and say, "Wow." You know, I was looking for a biologic dentist, and I got like four or five of them. And I go, well, how'd you choose me? And and their answer is, honestly, your website. And I'm like, what do you mean? They go, so easy to navigate, so informative. I just, it was so great. And that that to me makes me feel like, okay, I love it. Heckler's got it going on. This is, uh, this uh, you're part of my supporting cast now. You're part of my team. Thank you, Doctor. I really Thanks appreciate today. the compliment, and that means a lot. Absolutely. Um, I don't listen. I don't. Look, I you know I didn't even. I'm not on Facebook. I don't tweet. But when I hired you guys, I got a Facebook page. I got a Twitter account. You know, it's like you you're keeping me up to date with what's going on out there with both 
all the social media and marketing and all that. And that's important. And that's something that I don't want to put my time into anymore. You know, early on, I spent a ton of time doing it. Now I'm at a place where I want to go to work, do the thing that I enjoy doing, and then go home and be with my family. So you guys take a, a very heavy load off my shoulders with that. Thank you, Doctor. <clears throat> Something that you reminded me based on your comments is, um, you know, you play in your unique ability, right? You're passionate about what you do, your kind of dentistry, your way, and you figure it out. Nobody, I mean, yes, you had mentors along the way and, you know, they helped you, but at the end of the day, you figure out a life for you that you wanted. And then right. you realize there are lots of other things you still need, like, you know, marketing or, you know, that person to make sure that, you know, they answer the phone with a smile and they listen to people and really make them feel welcome and warm and, you know, appreciated. So you really started building this team of people who love what they do, who are good at what they do, and then you don't step on their toes. You respect them, you listen to them, you work with them. I mean, we see this with you. Like, you know, if you say, hey, doc, this is a good idea, you will listen to us. And I'm going to say, you know, I'm this very successful top 1% doctor. I know more than you do on marketing. You do this, right? You don't do that. Right. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, the entire conversation, uh, one thing that I keep you know, hearing from you is you're always so grateful and appreciative. And uh, I don't know. I guess we live in a time and an age where sometimes not everybody remembers those basic human, you know, yeah. qualities. And they're so busy and so distracted and... Right. So all over the place, they miss life itself. Well, you know, to that end, I don't go to regular dental CE courses anymore. I don't enjoy them. I don't like hanging around um, with that many dentists. And it's not to be mean to my my colleagues. I just don't enjoy the conversations because they are usually stressed out, economic woes. Uh, you know, what can I, you know, is there some new night guard I can start pushing because it's covered by insurance? I, I just... I don't feel like I'm a part of that arena anymore, so I don't enjoy that. So with groups like that, right. it's, 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 it's very different. As you said, people are engaged. We're all learning. You know, we're very complimentary of each other. It's just a whole different world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just uh, it's almost like you're on the same planet, but you're living in a different world. It's kind of, you know... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really learned a lot from you. I learned a lot about, you know... Um, creating a life uh, where you combine your passion with, uh, you know, what's important to you, your purpose, your your time, your money, your relationships. Um, I learned a lot about, you know, how you grew up over the years and the people who helped you and the mentors. I learned some about IOMT and the group. And I, I bet anybody who's interested can just Google IAOMT and just find it. Um, and... Um, you know, I, I learned a lot about the way you look at the life and the world itself. And so I really, really enjoyed this conversation. It's probably one of the you know, the best, uh, you know, one hours I spent in a, in a few weeks. So I really oh, loved I, it. So thanks a lot, Doctor. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it, too. You're a, you're a very bright man, and I enjoy talking with you always. So anytime. Thank you very much, Doctor. And um, for the listeners, uh, thank you very much for listening, and hope to see you again in one another episode of um, Growing Dentist podcast series. Thank you, Dr. Cole, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you. You too.